If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. This is the Flatbed Podcast, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes. Okay, so the podcast is going to have a little different feel this week. Um, we got to go to the Rope Horse Futurity in Fort Worth and hang out. Generally, what we've had here is like long form conversations. We have people come in the studio and sit down, and we sort of get to all the. The details that you might miss in a quick conversation. This week's going to be a little bit of a departure from that. Um, we set up there behind the announcer stand at the judges' room and got to hang out as people were coming by and get live updates. So there's going to be more podcasts released this week, but they're going to be shorter, just kind of quick, uh, maybe like snapshots into what's going on that week. And then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Excited to have these coming out. Excited for you guys to get to hear from people that are kind of right in the middle of it as it's happening. So. Uh, that's what this week's going to be. It's going to feel a little bit different, and then we'll get back to what we were. We have not heard the name Jojo Lamont in a while, and so to get to sit down and visit with him, his hat hasn't gotten any smaller, but down to earth, riding two-year-olds, cool to get to hear where life has taken him. He talks a little bit about some of the horses that shaped where he got where he is. Um, he's, a, he's one of the most fascinating stories in rodeo. I was really glad he got to stop by. Do not skip. You're about to hear from some people who have partnered with the podcast. We'd love you to hear what they have to say. You guys, check out the ropingcalendar.com. There's an app in all of the stores, whether it's Apple, whether you've got an Android, whatever the case may be, search Roping Calendar. This is the fastest way to find only the information that you're looking for. I know that Arizona can be chaotic. There can be a lot going on. The most comprehensive, up-to-date list of the events that you can find in Arizona are at Roping Calendar. Check it out in the App Store. Check out the website. You can search by date, you can search by location, you can search by event, you can even search by jackpot number. So say you're looking for a specific number of jackpot, you click on that tab, it'll take you only to the flyers that have what you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com is the website, Roping Calendar in the App Store. It is the fastest growing website in Arizona for roping related events. 300,000 page views in its first winter, over 40,000 unique users. Find what you're looking for at the Roping Calendar. So, about right there if you can, and then it'll pick it up and cancel everything else out. Got Jojo Lamont, a name, haven't heard that name maybe a whole lot in the last, what, four Gosh, or five years? Decade, I guess. Has it really? Pretty close to it, yeah. Eight years, I guess, to be exact. So, at what point do you offer an apology to everybody else who's heading today? Because the head loops, I've noticed, are still sharp. <laughs> They're still snappy. Oh, still sounds like a gun going off when it goes off. Uh, you know, I was I was so nervous this morning coming in here because I haven't roped enough here lately. But uh, I, I think once you've done it enough, you, you it just goes yeah. back. And this is pretty easy set up as far as going and catching. Yeah, you know? you're not so, reaching or doing yeah, it too fast. Yeah, you're not fast. trying to beat the best guys on their top of their game going fast. So just going and getting them caught yeah. helps a lot. Okay, I got a question. I got a question. And you can say, say for it to be Oklahoma if you don't want to answer this, and we'll just change the subject. First time I ever heard the name JoJo Lamont, Jake Cooper was telling me that you guys were checking water, and he bet you $100. I wouldn't get in the water trough without any clothes on. Yep. Yeah, he got kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the first horse, uh, one of the first horses I ever rodeoed on. We called him Elida. There's a long story goes behind that horse. Yeah, 
He was terrible. He <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Did you feel, did you feel like that? Because, I, I mean, in the beginning, it was just get on whatever, ropey enough to kind of get by it. When yeah. did you start to, to transition in your thinking to want to be more of a horseman than – so what, is, is that fair to say more of a horseman than a header? Absolutely. I was, yeah, I, th- I tell everybody that there was so much. Uh, uh, my dad and Jimmy always told me that horses were transportation, if that makes sense. Like, you don't fall in love with them. You don't. Right. You know, it's just like transportation. A you don't have to. Uh, I mean, you don't. You don't have to have that great horse. And back then, you didn't. And then along came. Like the Trine guys riding Walt, and you could see the difference that Walt made. And even Scooter with Charles, and whenever you talk about the great headers, they were riding great horses. So at the time that I was healing, yes, I could get by a horse if he could run enough to stay up with a head horse. Right. Uh, versus just jackpot and you could ride anything. And, and we didn't have money to buy a good horse. So we had, we had to ride right. whatever we could get our hands on. And most time it was for a month, and then we sold them. Yeah. Uh, so latter part of my years of rodeo and I didn't rodeo that long I mean I rodeoed for four years team opening and trip steers for three years after that but <laughs> later which on, which do you miss more the steer roping yeah yeah it's it's I think it'll be in my blood forever I want to go trip steers all the time you know it's and, a very handy trick to have in your pocket if you have a steer that will not load or will not get a strip yeah, and shoot it's nice to yeah, yeah. unretire for a moment and time yeah down. I still <laughs> give it to some of them but uh <laughs> So whenever Bull got to the age and got crippled, I didn't know how well I had it with him. Yeah. You know, he scored great. It didn't matter if you're Thomas and Mac, Cheyenne, Salinas. I went second on him, Cheyenne. I won Salinas on him. I done good at, you know, I set the world record on him at that time at Corpus. Uh, I, I don't know how many times we were three Just on him. Just good everywhere. Go, you could go be nine on him at, at Salinas. He was going to give you everything that he had and give you a chance to win. Well, I didn't realize that. I thought he was just a horse. Well, whenever I lost him, it changed my game. Yeah. Like, I, I, I had to. Because now to you know. Yeah. Now you know. You've experienced yeah. it. You can't go back to not knowing. And I tried to buy some, and it wasn't. There was no such thing. I mean, I couldn't afford them. The people aren't going to sell the great ones that they come across. So yeah. I had to start trying to train them. Well, then. What made. Well, what. Real quick. What made Bulls, like, stand out in your mind so specifically good? Was it just, just easy, or was he. He was easy in a way and tough in a way. He was so cowy. If a cow moved, he shimmied, uh, but he always used his ass. He was never forward. Right. He, he was balanced, uh, scored perfect no matter where you were at. If it was horn around or tail around, he would not move until you asked him to move and could run enough, yeah. but he was flat enough that you could get a throw off anytime. So is that is that stuff you think he was kind of born with? Absolutely. It was just in there all the, oh, all the yeah. time. Yeah, I never showed him anything, and he was uh, – uh, they tried to make a calf horse out of him first. And, Who? And, uh, I think J.D. Tadlock owned him, and Cody Ole rode him a little oh, bit. Oh, really? So some, some guys tried, that could have got it out of him. Yeah, tried, tried to make him a calf horse. And then uh, the Smith girls, Tiba Smith mm-hmm. and, and uh, J.D. Logan's wife, uh, Stephanie, they wound up with him. And uh, he was crippled whenever I bought him. And they were the first time I seen the horse, uh, the Smith girl's dad was riding him with a ring snaffle and nothing else on him, heading on him. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen a horse at that time I thought could catch up as fast as he could, you know. And he, just, he was just, a little bitty horse, like yeah. a little ugly horse, really. How big? Uh, 14 two, weighed 950 fat. Really? Tiny. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but wore a size one shoe. If you went off yeah. from the ground up, you'd, 
you would think that yeah. he would never get crippled. He's, he's built like a triangle. He's big at the bottom, yeah, little yeah, top. Yeah, and, and uh, just looked like a corny steer. I mean, little <laughs> hatchet butted thing, big front end, and but could fly. I mean, or I, I'm not gonna say fly. He could run enough. Yeah. And he used his butt all the time, and he was correct the way that he done it. And he wasn't big enough and strong enough to get a cow away from anyone. You could just leave as fast as you wanted, and then he could just swap ends and face. So there was a lot of unique things about him, and there. The reason his name was bullshit is because of the stuff that come with him. Yeah. He was donkey and sorry to be around. He wasn't a people person. And right. You know, he died at 26 years old. I put him down. But uh, I can remember just trying to pet on him and, you know, going out and feeding him and jacking him. He didn't want it. Still didn't want to be your no, friend after all those years. <laughs> yeah. He, somebody had done something to him in his past that wasn't good. Yeah. That was it. He wasn't going to forget And I'm not going to say every day that he was with me. It was a pleasure. But he, <laughs> he and I had some battles. But. He was a, a great asset to me, and I think without him, I'd have never made it. I, I really believe that. So fast forward to today, you're riding two-year-olds and Andrews, uh, raising kids, just being a dad, being a husband. How much do days like today mean to get to come back and rope? Is it exciting? Does it feel like work? Where does it land on the scale? I dreaded it all week. I was in a bad mood having to leave. <laughs> it's uh, coming down to crunch time for us for the futurity, the NCHA cut in futurity, and the futurity sale. I need to be at home videoing horses, and uh, I was just in a terrible spot yesterday. I felt like it was taken away from that to be here. Absolutely. So I tell my kids all the time, you know, pick something that you can dedicate yourself to, whether it's school, basketball, baseball, uh, run barrels, I don't care. But pick something, and let's work at it. If you get burnt out on it, we'll pick something else. And I feel that if you linger in too many different things, it's hard to ever be great at something. so I was in my head about that. And once I got up here and got to run some and got to be around everyone, I've really enjoyed today. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy this weekend. And I'm picking up uh, 10 head of uh, two, coming two-year-olds. So I needed to come this way anyway. Sure. Kind of so, just worked it all in. Yeah. How did it go? I, didn't get, I flew in. I didn't get to see part of it. Uh, no good for me. I, I miss making it on the paint horse. And then the other horse, we got a leg on him. Cost us making it back. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was all right. So the day's done. You can go home and not even think about roping now. And that's fine. You're I've not- got a heel. Uh, I'm helping DJ Smith and a couple other guys. And I, I've got a heel on one horse. And, yeah, after tomorrow, it's team roping's done. Well, I go to the Riata deal for Dylan and the Trisha Mundorf. I ride some two-year-olds for them. And I got a yep. four-year-old horse for them that uh we're taking out there dylan's gonna ride him and i'm gonna ride him and then yeah it's it's strictly cutting from from then on that's awesome so what's the long term if it goes if you map it out it goes exactly like you want it to go for the next five years what is what what do you accomplish the next five years if you get your wishes with with the with horses i want uh one of my two-year-olds to either make the snaffle bit finals or the ncha fraternity finals okay um and we'd like to sell a couple of our personal colts at the sale for decent money. But as long as I'm making a living and getting to spend time with the kids and, and right. paying bills, then I'm going to keep digging at it. And, and, and I, I don't see a big dramatic change except for I would like a little more success out of my two-year-olds, you know. And, and my numbers are very few right now, and we've had good success with them. It's yeah. just getting them in the right hands and... I think just keep working at it and learning more and trying to get them trained up. It's it's so different. Like I never knew that there was a correct way to turn a horse around or stop a horse. <laughs> right. Or, and whenever I started this deal, it was almost comical. 
Was there, was there like a moment of embarrassing that like, how did I not know this? Do not fast forward. We're going into a couple ads. Since its launch in 2014, the 1017 Project has donated over 1.2 million servings of hamburger. It's a program that raises rope and steers. We have lease cattle, jackpot steers, and we, when we're done with those, they transition into the food banks. We've partnered with over 65 different food banks between Oregon, Arizona, and Texas. Let me tell you how you can be a part of it. This winter in Arizona, if you have a steer that's a ducker or a dragger or breaks a horn, something that would cause him to not be useful as a rope and steer, think about donating him to the 1017 Project. You can also find out other ways to be a part of making a difference in the lives of the food insecure families who need our help at 1017project.com. The world is changing at such a rapid pace right now and it's easy to see the role that technology is playing in that. In some ways it's a positive thing and an example of that would be Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. It's located in Montgomery, Texas, but it is also located anywhere that you've got internet access. And I happen to know firsthand that they take their online campus just as seriously as people who attend in person. They do a great job of reaching out. It is a really easy place to get connected and stay connected, to go deeper in the word, to have a better understanding of what's taught there. Uh, I would recommend check out LoneStar.tv, LoneStar.tv to be a part of Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. It is by far the widest reaching cowboy church in the nation. Pastor Randy, Pastor Darla Weaver, near and dear to my hearts. I cannot recommend it enough. Check them out. Was there was there like a moment of embarrassing that like how did I not know this or was it exciting because there was so much to learn? I think I was naive enough or dumb enough that I don't think the embarrassment was there. I know the first time I showed a horse, uh, it was a little bit embarrassing for me just because I chased cows all over the arena, you know and. It was just a tough deal, yeah. you know, trying to get one shown. But he was, it's what I heal on now every day, and he's a turnback horse. And, uh, but, yeah, after that day, I mean, people started helping. And I think they seen that I was passionate about trying to make it work. And yeah. the next show I went to was uh, I got to ride a really good horse at Clay Cherneys and got to feel some stuff. And once you get that feel, a feel can teach you more than anyone can ever Say that, say that again, because I agree, I agree with that. I want to make sure people don't miss it. You said... A feel of a horse can teach you way more than any man can ever teach you. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. if you'll slow down long enough and feel what they're trying to show you and what a great horse feels like, yeah. then it's pretty self-explanatory after that. If this one don't feel like that one I just got off of, then right. I'm missing something. i got to fix something. Well, that's kind of, to me, that you go back to what you were saying about Bull and owning him and realizing that that's what it could be. That changes your standard. Now, all of a sudden, it's hard to go back to anything else. You felt it. Once you felt it, it's, you can't unknow it. And that's probably even true, like you're saying, of the two-year-olds or as you go along. You're oh, getting yeah. to feel what someone else put into one. So what uh, – I hope it's all right if I'm asking. You can tell me you don't want to answer it. But you go back to the 10th round on the dally. How – it's however many years later. It's like, like I said, it's been almost a decade later. You're obviously having success. You're doing a good job with the other stuff that you're doing. Does that day stick with a guy, or is that something that just is what it was? Yeah, so I had two very dramatic hickeys that year. I, I lost my rope in the 10th round to possibly win a go buckle. Uh, you know, Trevor had a little trouble, and then Lovell done the exact same thing I did, had trouble. So who's to know if I get my dally, if it works out? I do know I cost Junior Nagara his first world championship that day, not getting my dally. Um, and then I had a steer get up in the seventh round, I believe, at the finals the same year. It cost me possibly 
having a chance. Same year. Same year. Um, cost looking, me a chance there. Looking so. back in the seventh round steer, is it something you did that could have been prevented? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tried to I tried to win the round on him, and I should have moved up and just knocked him down. He's a good steer, and I just went at him too hard. It was sixth or seventh round. I can't remember. I was trying to win the round, and uh, it just cost me. You know, I. But that one doesn't bother me as much as the one with Junior because I cost myself. And I think if I went back and knew what steer I had again, I'd possibly try to win the round on him again. The deal with Junior, um, it, was, uh, it, it was really heartbreaking for me because I cost him. It wasn't. That's, yeah, that's just the character so, thing, though. That's not really a rodeo thing. That's feeling like you want to help somebody out. Yeah, so I guess. Well, I guess what I'm asking, I'm not just asking to be a jerk. I hope you know no, that. I, I, but fine. it's like you get to look back on it. It's almost like y you can see it clear sometimes from years later. I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've watched any of my NFR runs hardly two or three times ever. And I've watched that run oh, a couple dozen times. And looking back, if I could say that I could change anything I'd have probably waited until I nodded. That steer turned his head and I missed the barrier and kind of got me trapped. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd have thrown him to the same spot. And, right. You know, just that horse was green and he was falling off and ducking. And it's just uh, I wish I'd have just run my foot up there and caught him for him. Um, uh, it's hard, though. It's hard, though, when you've had an entire career of a certain style. Right. Yeah, exactly. it's hard to say And your in confidence a, in a moment. is it at the level that it was at at that time, which I went in 16th right. in the world. You know, right. I missed the finals. I broke a collarbone at Pendleton and missed so many rodeos at the end of the year. Wound up 16th in the world standing. So, Who were you roping with that year? Uh, I roped with Dakota Kirkenslater that year. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I wound up, was content with not making the finals. I didn't even own a head horse. I owned a steer horse that was crippled at the time, <laughs> and I had a bunch of four-year-old horses I was ranching on taking care of cattle. And uh, couldn't even hardly feed my family. What time know? of year? Because it happened not, I mean, like two right. Two days before the national final <laughs> started, they called me. So Kent Youngblood lives 45 miles from me, and I called him, and I knew he had a good sorrel horse, and then he told me about the gray horse, and I wound up buying both of those horses after the finals. So basically what I won at the finals, I bought those horses yeah. with, and then wound up quit rodeo on the next year. <laughs> you know, so I had two head horses I didn't even need. But the kids got use out of them. They rode them. So. Yeah. I mean, everything played out fine, except for uh, I'm glad Junior's got him a couple of gold buckles. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I'd, well, I'd, I'd have had a hard time with myself. He might get another one before he's done, huh? Looks like he's got a pretty <laughs> dang good chance yeah. this year. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and like you said, it, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, I guess. And I, I think I was pretty immature about some of the ways that I went about things at that time. And... Now I can't reach across the table and grab salt. You know, I, I've got to run all the way up there just because I don't work at it. Right. And right. it's such a different style that I have now compared to when I was rodeoing. Right. And I wish that I would have taken the time to, to put what I have now with yeah. what I had yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think that I'd have been a more of a complete package, if that if that's the right word, yeah. in a humbling way without trying to right. sound arrogant. Nope, nope, not at all. I think that I could have won a whole lot more. But I didn't have that. Like, we'd go to the jackpots and... I mean, it, I reached, it, yeah, so I wasn't comfortable right. running close, so I reached at the jackpots. Didn't work. Yeah, I mean, it just wouldn't work. Did you feel like that jackpotting was kind of a headache for you? I hated them. Yeah, I wouldn't hardly go to them. Yeah. You know, I just, I just didn't want to. I, 
I used the excuse that I had one horse, and honestly, he was a better jackpot horse if I'd have rode him than he was a rodeo horse. But yeah. I wasn't smart enough to see that. Yeah. I could have made so much more money roping back then, jackpot. And there were so many great jackpots, which yeah. they don't have now. Uh, just ignorant about it, just naive. I was going to rodeo, and that's what I was going to do. If the timed event called today, what number would it take to get a yes for you to go enter the timed event again? Just a phone call. <laughs> just a phone call. I, uh, yeah, I, so I broke a leg. I entered one year. I told him I'd come, broke a leg. Uh, couldn't get it well. And then the next year, I told him I'd come back and got on a bucking calf with my boy. And he stopped, and I fell over the front and broke my wrist and couldn't get it well. So, And I haven't received an invite since. But You'd go back, though? Absolutely. Yeah, that's my favorite event. And I have nothing to lose now if I get hurt. Or, you right. Know, the worst can happen, you're going to be back on a two-year-old anyway. Yeah, going, going home to ride two-year-olds with some sore ribs or sore. Uh, yeah, so I love that event. And I, I probably should reach out and ask them, but... I just haven't. Yeah. Well, ma'am, thank you. It's good to see you back. Yes, good to see Thanks. you. I haven't seen a hat that big around in a while. It's nice to have it <laughs> back. I just got a little head. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man, I appreciate it. You bet.